All right, so let's go to page 153. We're going to be talking about having the entrepreneurial mindset. Not everybody in this room is going to be entrepreneurs, but the goal is to have an entrepreneurial mindset. So as we go through this lesson, let's begin to think about that because we live in a world where 20 years ago when I was younger, this world wasn't possible. There was no social media. There were no technology that we have today. So you guys have an opportunity um, to be employees or own businesses, and y'all can start that now. But a mindset is important. So let's define what a mindset is. What is a mindset? On what? No, that's good. No, that's real. A mindset is a mind that's set on. What are some things that people typically settle their minds on? Goals. Okay. What else? You said what's that? Passion? Yeah, yeah. They go together. That's fine. What else do people typically have a mind set on? Their careers. Their careers. Yeah. Disciplines. Their life in general. Like how they want their life to be like their family. How they want their wife to be. A legacy. That's good. Yep. All those are good. We're missing one. There we go. (laughs) The Bible says... He keep those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on him. What does that mean practically? Mind, one's mind being stayed on God. What does that mean? Thinking about God all the time. What else? That's good. Yeah, what else? So you said what, Drew? Yeah, you're just thinking about God all the time. All and add. Those are the two biggest ones. When I think about God all the time, it's, it's more so focusing on his presence is everywhere. No matter what, right now, our minds can be on God right now. God, there's a brief moment, a pocket within class where you say, God, I thank you for even just having a teacher like Mr. Ezra. I thank you for my friend in my classroom. I thank you for this lesson. My, I, I have the opportunity to have my mind on him all the time. The thing that I want to also add is with the ad. It's as unfortunate as so many of us, we don't want to add God into, what are some of those things people don't want to add God into? A relationship. And why do you think people avoid adding God into relationships? Because if you add God into a relationship, then it's going to be like... There's a lot of limitations. Say it again. I say once you add God into a relationship, there's a lot of limitations. A lot of limitations. What else? Anything else? Oh. You said what's where? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It's all good. It's all good. So we see <laughs> that people don't want to add God because God adds limits. Now, there's two types of limits that people think about. Some people, when they think about limits when it comes to God, is like God is keeping me from something versus God is protecting me from something. What's the big difference between keeping from something and protecting from something? Protecting something, you're like trying to protect That's good. The difference between a person viewing that God is keeping them from something versus God protecting them from something is their mindset. If their mind is set on being in a relationship that God has put a barrier in between, then when their car falls off the cliff, Whose fault is it? 
See, God creates barriers not to keep us from fun, but to ensure that we last. For instance, when you're driving on a road and you're crossing a bridge, does the bridge not have a barrier or does the bridge have a barrier? It has a barrier. And what is that barrier keeping you from? (laughs) Dying, falling off, drowning. And so when we shift our perspectives and we begin to say, okay, I got to have a mind that stayed on God. I got to keep a mind where that allows God in. Because, come on, I was y'all's age. I ain't want God in my relationship either because we were doing some things. You know what I'm saying? I ain't want God in there. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, some things you don't want God in because you know for a fact, like Arya said, that now God is saying, boom, 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 can't do this. And it's not that uh, uh, he doesn't want you to do it. I think some churches and Christians, they tell you what God doesn't want you to do, but they don't tell you why God doesn't want you to do it. So when you hear stuff like uh, wait until marriage, when you hear stuff about uh, managing your life and time, we assume that, okay, you just need to do your work or you need to just don't be with that person. But when you talk about the why, you will understand why there's barriers. So mindset is a mind that's set. Some people got their mind set on God. And, 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 and think about that. Like most people, unfortunately, their minds are set on earthly things. But when your mind is set on eternity, you perform better in this realm. What do I mean by that? This is my life's mission. My ultimate mission for my life is to hear these two words. What are those words? Well done. Well done. If my goal is simply to hear God say, well done, I'll do everything well. And so when you begin to think about an eternal perspective, because where are you going to live the longest, here or in eternity? You're going to live the longest in eternity. And it's crazy we making more investments in this life than the one above. The Bible says, lay not for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. He says, rather, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where none of those things get access to. Because it'd be crazy. You made it to heaven. Like, okay, good. Great. But God was like, uh, first, it'd be funny. You get to heaven and God's like, you know, the guy got a secretary or, or the person that's supposed to give you a guided tour on your first day of heaven. I'm pretty sure they got that. And when you get up there, they'd be like, all right, so we got a packet here. We got your uh, online banking, uh, heaven banking. And um, all the things you did down here is, is going to be was in, in your account. I don't know what's in your account, but you got to log in. And you log in. <laughs> And you have nothing. Do you know that's going to happen? Like, There's going to be people who are rewarded. People who are going to be of giving different class. And that's why people think that we're going to worship every day in heaven. No, we're not going to sit there and be a, it ain't going to be a concert for 10,000s and millions of years. There's not going to be no concert. Worship is not praise and worship. Worship is your life. So, for instance, when Josh gets to heaven, he's going to be fixing automobiles. We're going to be perfect, but I'm pretty sure cars won't. I'm pretty sure everyone that wanted to learn about how to fix a car on earth are going to go to Josh in heaven. Like, Josh, teach me everything about automobiles. Aria, when she gets to heaven, I'm pretty sure she's going to have her own baking business, seeming business for for, uh, Debbie and whatever else that you got. Uh, Drew over there got a studio in heaven. You know, he got a whole uh, uh, Drew Stews, Drew Studios. You know what I'm saying? The cool thing about heaven is that we're going to be worshiping. So what I'm saying is if your mind is set on eternity, you will understand that you're on assignment here. And I want to add this. Like, for instance, if Miss Riley tells me, Mr. Ezzy, there's a, um, a conference in Dallas, Texas. And I want you to go to Dallas, Texas for a three-day event. Just want you to go down there, learn some things, bring some things back. Whoop-de-whoop. 
I would be foolish if I go to Texas looking for a house, looking for a car, looking for a shower, <laughs> looking for all these different things, and I'm only going to be there for three days. It's crazy how we come to earth and all we focus on, okay, what can I build here, have here, experience here, which are all fine. Have experiences, make a lot of money, but you have to have an eternal focus that says, I'm not here forever. I'm not going to be here forever. You're not going to like 110 years from now, everybody on this planet, except for like five people are going to be dead. Death is the ultimate reality. None of us can escape it. Jesus couldn't escape it. Nobody can leave this planet without dying. So dying should cause you to live. So now you can't help but say, I'm going to keep my mind stayed on God. Because one day I'm going to have to meet the OG. And it's not like you're going to meet with God's like lieutenant or secretary. You're going to have to meet with him. And so mindset is saying, okay, if I have this mind given to me by God, and my mind is, is something that I need to set on, then let me better understand a biblical principle that's unfortunately not evident in our world today. In our world today, there are more employees than employers. That is backwards. It's not biblical. I'm not saying there's wrong with being an employee. What I'm saying, if you're going to be employed, employ yourself on the side until your side becomes your main one. Now, because back in the Bible days, everybody had a family what? business. Do you know what's dangerous about not having a family business? What do you think is dangerous about not having a family business? Yeah, finding people to trust. I'm looking for one thing. What makes not having a family business or not having entrepreneurial components within the framework of your children's minds, how can that be dangerous? Legacy, but give me something specific. I got you because I, I don't y'all can get it, but I'm going to give it to you. Every generation has to start over. For instance, I want to grow up. Where I'm able to teach my kids. Stuff that I know. Why do you think we can look at X? We can look at Elias. We can look at who else fathers or moms play ball. Anybody else? People's play. Your people play ball. So you'll see. That most dads are going to be like, man, don't go, don't go play baseball. <laughs> I don't know how to play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You typically play a sport that someone in your family can pass down. Business and families is saying, I have these skills, which are transferable. I have these ideals, which are transferable, that I want to pass down. And even though you may not want, maybe Josh's son don't want to do automobiles. But Josh created a, a, a company, a, a legacy of business where his company funds an extension of his business. So maybe his son wants to do something else. But the business takes care of the son's endeavors. How many of our parents provided for our future careers? Not too many people in this room. So I had to start over. The goal is not to create a system where, hey, go to college, be whatever. Like, cool, but I have nothing to pass to you. So when I pass away, I can pass all of the rights to my books to my daughter, my wife. Well, I plan on me and my wife. I'm trying to, we both trying to die together around 83, 84. I ain't going to put that over her because I'm like, I'm about 80. I'm ready to go. Like, I'm like, all right, man, I, I done fought the fight, finished the course, deuces, as he out. You know what I'm saying? But my wife, while my baby is sleeping, 
We're talking business. We're talking legacy. We're talking about third, fourth, fifth generation Ezzies taken care of. And that's possible. And that's God's design for everyone in this room. Yes, sir. Oh, my bad, my bad. That's, that's, that's God's goal. But the world says, hey, go out there, get a job for you, work eight hours a day, boom, 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 do nothing for yourself so you have nothing to pass down. So this mindset that I want to install into you, hopefully, is shaking you up a bit to get you thinking eternally and generationally. Because once you leave, you don't want the buck to stop with you. You want to be able to say, you know what, when I'm dead and gone, I can pass down so that my kids won't have to start over. How many of y'all got to start over now? Don't that suck? Everybody in this room, there's not one person's room that would say, no, dad, don't, don't pass me $5 million to start my company. Like, don't, like, I don't want no. All of us wished that we had somebody in our family that said, you know what, here you go. Some of y'all might have that. But a lot of people culturally don't have that. See, they say a wealthy, you may not have came from a wealthy family, but a wealthy family can come from you. That's my mission in life. So while I'm up in heaven, I'm like, man, the great, 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 great getting to it. <coughs> the great, great, greats are great. <laughs> That's the goal. It's just a lineage of greatness. Right. And if you look at like even like Deion Sanders kids, like one of them don't play football, but he's successful on YouTube. Like he's but that that mentality was passed down to his kids. Now. Let's get to the book. It says failure is part of the learning process. It is when we fail that we are able to move forward successfully. So one of the components of entrepreneurial mindset is realizing that you're going to fail. And I think I heard someone say that when his dad was a, a multi, like made hundreds of million dollars in the business. <clears throat> and he said every time he brought a failure home, he celebrated the failure. Imagine when you get home, your mom says, oh, you got an F, great job. That's good. That's my boy. <laughs> Girl, look at that F. But the system that we're in says, demonize Fs. You failed. Oh, that's bad. Failure's good. Because if, if I demonize failure, then I'm not, in, I'm not encouraged to be inspired to find success. So if all you told was, your big brother got straight A's. Your big sister, now you're like, but what if I'm not that? But failures are part of it. I failed so many times in business, man, and, and I love it because I've, in every failure, there's a lesson. And in every lesson, there's a what? A blessing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for trying. I appreciate the. You, it was good. It's going to be a bar. It was, it was, you know it's coming. So in every <clears throat> failure, there's a lesson, every lesson is a blessing. But if I stop at the failure, I don't learn and I can't be blessed. And so when you think about that, you're like, you know what? If I fail on this test, what can I learn from it? I'm not going to get, I don't want you guys to get emotional and beating yourself up and down. about it. okay, I failed and maybe this failure is letting me know, like in school, math was not my subject. So math is not the direction I'm going in my future. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So even if you... Even if you make D's, C's, like, bro, there's some, cl there's some classes that you're going to fail, and that's life, because that's giving you evidence that that's not your world. Who's all bad at math? Me. I am. 
So I, only math I know, no, the highest math that I use every day is division. Is addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. After that, counting money. <laughs> That's it. And some people are like, man, I suck at English, but I'm good at math. That's telling you something. But don't allow the failures to make you feel like a failure. See, you failed, but you're not a failure. Failure is the internalization of a failure. And a lot of people are walking around like failures when they were meant to be sailors, right? Number one, an entrepreneur is a person who sees a problem. You like that one? That was off the top, too. I'm here, to, I'm here to work today. I'm here to teach on today. Number one, an entrepreneur is a person who sees a problem and starts a what to solve it? Oh, snap. Starts a business to solve that problem. Good, 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 class. So we see that everyone in this room could be entrepreneurial. You may not be an entrepreneur, but every, like, that's, that's why I, like, I tell people all the time, like, this is the best designed world that God created. Not God created, but God allowed to infuse itself within creation. Why do you think God allowed to fall? Why, but most people will look at God and be like, God, what? Failed. But what, what, what makes the fall so significant? If there was no fall, then there wouldn't be no what? There's what now? The fall represents what? <laughs> what does the fall represent? I, get, I got you. So, if the world was perfect, would there be a need for a perfect God? No. So, God would have been like, oh, they don't need me. But the imperfections opens the door for us to commune with the triune. We commune with the triune because if there... That's why the Bible said Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world, meaning that God already had a solution to the failure. And so when we begin to understand that, we'll begin to see that God allowed there to be problems or problems just naturally created for his creators. to solve. Now, the world was what before the spirit of God hovered over? It was what? It was dark. It was void. And what did the spirit of God do? Hovered over it. What void your spirit was meant to hover over? To bring creation. There is a problem that will solve your problem. What problems do problems solve? What problems do problems solve? If I solve someone's problem, what problem do they solve for me? Money problem. They, I, heard a, I heard a man, his name is Michael. he said this. He said um, he purchased things through his creativity. He also mentioned how you're literally one problem away, one problem solved away from anything you want in life. So right now, if my wife wants a beach house, you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to solve rich people's problems. Because rich people, wealthy people, when they got big problems, they pay big money for you to solve them. And so now if I focus on, okay, Rich people, wealthy people. Go ahead, fam. Oh, you go. You good. That's good. So if I solve a wealthy person's problem and I care about their problem enough, they'll pay me whatever I ask for to solve that problem. So, 
Imagine this wealthy man comes to me and say, Josh, my marriage is sinking. I'm wealthy. I got all the money in the world, but I didn't focus on my family. I'm desperate. Because if I lose her, I lose the kids. If I lose the kids, man, I'm going to be left to myself. Child support. And so, so think about that. If I solve a rich man's problem, how much is child support a month? If I solve this marriage, how much is child support a month typically for a rich person? Twenty. Twenty. Oh, what's the what's the uh, basketball coach for Ball State that used to be? Who coach of Houston? He has to pay. Uh, no, no, no. Um, Udoka. Yeah, he has to pay like forty eight thousand a month. Oh, that was a bunch. Yeah, he has to pay forty eight thousand a month for child support. A month. Oh, that guy that cheated. Yeah. So what's forty eight thousand times twelve? Someone do the math for me. Forty eight thousand times twelve is how much you got to pay a year. How much is that? Get a calculator. A lot. Okay. So we'll do that. But give me a number though. Appreciate it. Huh? I need a number. That's how my brain works. I'm sorry, Swell. I need a number. $576,000 a year. His son is 12. How many years is 12 to 18? Or 11? 12 to 18. That's six years. 576000 times six is what? 3456000 For a one-night stand? Cost you that much? So if I tell them I'll charge you a quarter million a year to help fix your marriage, you think that three, a quarter of a million dollars they pay me for a year, wouldn't that compensate for what I can save him from having to spend? That's the mentality you got to have. Like if you say, okay, if I solve people's problems, there's a cookie business that charges, I forgot what it, they charge almost $200 for 12 cookies. $200, but do you know they are multimillionaires because there is a clientele. See, rich people don't buy stuff because they're cheap. They buy stuff because it's expensive. They buy expensive stuff. They want expensive stuff because that's part of it. Oh, I like your Rolls Royce. Oh, what year is that? 2022. Oh, but Johnny, we got a 2000. So you so everybody wants something expensive. So if I shift your mindset and start thinking about, okay, how can I solve? If you want to solve a cheap problem, you got to solve a wide problem. If you want to solve an expensive problem, you got to solve, you can solve a narrow one. Five people paying me a quarter million dollars a year, man, I'm, I'm, good, I'm good to go. All I got to reach is five people who can pay that much if my product can save them in that area. But when you see a problem and you solve it in less than a year for me, I can, give, I can take my baby, my wife to Hilton Head and say, which one of these houses you want? All because you solve a problem. But if all you do is solve problems that only solve your bills problems, then you won't have, you won't have mill problems. M-I-L-L, millions. Like, I'd rather have millionaire problems than, than bill problems. You know what I'm saying? So what I want you to do is increase your thinking and say, you know what, maybe I need to look for some problems. And you know where most of your successful problems, where surplus is found, is where you're the most frustrated. There's something about automobiles that pissed Josh off. There's something about music that, that, that just says, you know what, I'm, Drew said, I'm just tired of this. Something about some cakes and brownies and cookies that got Arya in her feelings. It's something about how a dress fits on somebody that got Debbie like, girl, uh-uh. 
<laughs> there's something about whatever, whether it's basketball, whether it's modeling, whether it's content creating, whatever it is, there's something that's got you frustrated. And that's a clue that that's the area for you. And there's a bag waiting for you there. But if you don't have an entrepreneurial mindset, a problem solving mindset, but you have a mindset that only sees problems, but you got to have a mindset that likes solving problems. You have to train your mind to solve problems. Because if you train your mind to solve problems, then what happens? You'll see problems. And when you see solutions to problems, you'll begin to see, oh, there's success behind that. All right, let's keep going. An entrepreneur is a person who sees a problem and starts a business to solve that problem. So it's good to have a business. And I'm not saying that everyone starts a business, but everybody has to run their life like a business. Number two, the first characteristic of an entrepreneur is they're a what? Visionary. Everyone can see, but not everyone sees. Everyone can see in this room. Any blind people? No, nobody's blind. Coach Mel with partial vision can see clearer than a lot of people who have both eyes working correctly. It is not about the limitations of one's ability to see. It's the limitation of how far a person sees. If I only see to that wall, I'm limited. I see through stuff. When I look out that wall, you know, I see my car out there. You know, I see well, I won't I won't be here when I get a. Anyway, when I'm talking about when I when, when you, if I if I pull up in a Rolls Royce, I ain't, I ain't going to be here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I pull up. No, I'm not going to be here. I'll come do chapels. But if I'm at that status to get a Rolls Royce, I, I'm wait, wait, I see through. I see a different world. I see lives changed. I see. So much. And that's what you have to have is a visionary. What do you see? Do you only see what your dad saw? Do you only see what your mom taught you to see? Or do you see beyond their ability to see? Because some people will limit your faith or blind your faith by their sight. Oh, no, you have faith to be an entrepreneur. You have faith to make a bunch of money. You have faith to change the world. But because they don't have faith in themselves, their sight blinds your faith. The Bible says walk by what? You never walk by sight. Let's, don't walk into a wall, but you don't walk by sight. <clears throat> what does that mean, walking by faith and not by sight? What does that mean? You can't look. Because <clears throat> if you only go by sight, and she may feel good and be good at night. I can't round. I am about to say fright, but that wasn't going to... Anyway, I, wasn't gonna, I don't like trying hard. You know what I'm saying? But... What I'm trying to say is, if you only look, we all did this, you don't want to look to, you got to look through. Vision says, I can't mess with you, girl, because I got a vision. I can't mess with you, you know, you ladies with the young man, because I got a vision. I, I don't, I, ca I can't be around this friend group. I had a kid talk to me the other day, and he was like, man, sometimes my classmates, they don't really like being around me because I'm ahead of them. And he wasn't being facetious or mean he was just saying they talk about stuff that i'm not trying to talk about and it's okay to outgrow people it's okay to say okay y'all not a part of my vision and the, the scary thing is a lot of people don't have vision they have sight but they don't have vision vision leads to you fulfilling a mission like vision says i see better so i can rest at night knowing that life will be what i see so the first characteristic of entrepreneurs, they are a visionary. They're able to see something that's not there. Every idea was once not there. That book, that laptop, 
that bottle, that chapstick, no matter what, those, everything you have, those Captain Crunches, no matter what it is that you have, somebody said, you know what? I don't like Fruity Pebbles. They, they don't last long. I don't like, cap, I don't like uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch because, man, it, it's good for like 30 seconds, but it's over. But Captain Crunch? Then I heard someone say, man, it was so funny. It was like, one of the best mistakes ever happened was when they say, oops, just berries. <laughs> like they were talking about like they got rid of the Captain Crunch. They did just berries. So somebody was like, you know what? Everybody's cool with the yellow little cereal, but what if we did all berries? You know, they got like the only the yellow ones too, though. Someone's a freaking genius over there. <laughs> Do you see how it never ends? Like, what if they just stay with peanut butter crunch? Do you know in, in most people's in most people's top fives is a captain something? Most people let me ask you a question. In your top five cereals is Captain any one of those crunches and one of your top fives. Okay, never mind. A high percentage of the people. Well, <clears throat> most people got a captain something. But somebody over there in marketing or somebody else in, in creative something is thinking like, man, what if we just did all berries? What if we just did all yellow? Because now you'd be like, you know what? Not only do I reach one group, because some people like the peanut butter crunch. I can reach more people if I solve more people's taste bud problems. So having a vision is important. Number three, the second characteristic is there what? Disciplined. Everything worth having is on the opposite side of discipline. What are some things we must be disciplined with if we want to have success? What are some things we must? There's no question. You have to be disciplined in in order to be successful. Money. Money. And why is that a a non-negotiable? Why is that so important? Mm. How much money would you have right now if you cut off an area where you are excessively spending in? A lot. I remember one year I brought in, I brought in a lot of money one year. This is before I was married. So that's why I'm glad I have a wife that's like, but I, I brought in a lot of money one year. It was 2017. Brought in a lot of money. And at the end of the year, when I was doing my taxes and stuff, I looked at the numbers. I said, I brought, because sometimes when you get money coming in as an entrepreneur, you, you don't really, you know what I'm saying? You, you know what's coming in, but you don't know how it's going out until you, at the end of the year, you have to look at your money habits and say, man, if I would have just cut Whole Foods off just a little bit, like if I would have just cut this off just a little bit, I would have had 60% of that money still in my pocket. So discipline, after that year, I said, oh, no, no, no. The next time I go viral and the next time I get a bag, bag, bag like that, oh, man, no, 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 no. I'm going to keep that bag full so I can drag that bag. I don't like the bag being empty. You know, you know, we got a big bag you drag. You don't want, you know, when they go to the, well, I don't want y'all to go to casinos, but anyway, um, I've I never been, but I'm just saying. They, they be putting the money and they be like $100,000, a million dollars, and you saw um, Floyd Mayweather and they just stacking these big things of bricks and money. Anyway. <clears throat> The second characteristic is they're disciplined. You got to be disciplined with money. What else you must be disciplined in in order to be successful or to sustain success? Eating habits. And why is that important? <clears throat> Yeah. 
That's where the separation is done. It's not in the public display of ability. It's in the private uh, areas. So, for instance, uh, they always say this, like, high school sports is like everybody's just young and athletic. But they say when they get to college, that's when the separation are being made because the people that takes their diet seriously, that takes their body, like, look at LeBron. You see what I'm saying? 22 years, a million plus invested in his body, longevity. Now, he, he actually... Quote, unquote, he's not the GOAT, but he's trying to pay for the GOAT. And what I mean by paying for, he's like, okay, if I last the longest, if I stay in the league the longest, I can have numbers that says, it's un- without a doubt, I'm the GOAT. <clears throat> Scoring, like anybody who plays 22 years and you're the top player of the league, you're you, you going to get some numbers, right? So I'm not sitting there saying, you know, but MJ still the GOAT to me. But, but LeBron, you can't, like, even though Le- Jordan's my GOAT, that don't mean I knock LeBron's greatness you know what i'm saying like bro 22 years not much money he made now he's a billionaire with nike and a billionaire now and all that kind of stuff so that's admirable but he got there because of discipline or he sold his anyway uh number four the third characteristic is they have what passion is the river that keeps your boats sailing in the right direction don't pursue a calling or career that you're not passionate about what are some things y'all passionate about that you can create a career out of? Passionate about. Like, just, this is, I, if I could do this and wake up every day and do this, man, this would be the dream life. What is, what is a passion that you say, I wish I could do this, I, I, I want to do this forever, even into heaven? We'll start with the lady in the back, because I see her thinking. Your eyes was moving, I was like, oh, she's thinking, so she got, she's thinking about something. Um, let's see, acting. Acting. And why are you so passionate about acting? Mm. So what I see already, it seems like you're more than just an actor. Do you feel like you could venture off into creating your own show? Um, if it comes to that. If it comes to that, what if it does come to that? Would you would you would it would that be something or is acting strictly I just want to be on stage? I don't have you ever at night had a vision of your own series, your own show, your own characters? Yep. So you see how just a simple conversation, I'm not saying your mind hasn't expanded to that, but it, just having that conversation got you thinking next level. Because I think you're one of the most f- funny people I ever met. Don't lie. I'm not lying. I'm talking about to your, to your uh, the way you, what's the word I'm looking for? Your, your timing, your cadence, your body language when you're fun. Like you're, you embody the ability for that capacity. Yeah, I'm not lying to you. And that's why I'm saying, like, when you begin to think about those dreams at night, you got to say, okay, I got to, I got to feed that passion. Because when you feed that, next thing I know, I'm going to be like, man, babe, I taught her at econ. She dated KJ. Married KJ. Okay, let's get, uh, the third characteristic is if they, is they have passion. So what I'm trying to say is, what are you passionate about? Because I promise you, if you go to school and get a job that your uncle, your auntie, your mom, your dad wants you to do, you're going to be miserably paid. I'd rather be a starving artist grinding for eight years in my passion than to be miserable on a job making six figures a year. 
Because what you got to do when you're miserable? You got to go drink, smoke something. When you get off, you got to sleep with somebody to shake off the miserableness. But when you're pursuing your passion, man, you don't even got time for time wasters. So number one, an entrepreneur is a person who sees a problem and starts a business to solve it. Number two, the first characteristics of an entrepreneur is they're a visionary. Number three, the second characteristic is they are disciplined. Number four, the third characteristic is they have passion. Now, I'll read through this. Learning objective is to identify the common characteristics of an entrepreneur, understand the value of failure, evaluate the importance of developing a positive personal brand. Main idea, developing an entrepreneurial mindset and building your personal brand will be lifelong tools to help you grow in your career and do work that matters. Now, what is an entrepreneur? Do you know someone who owns their own business? Maybe you even thought about starting a business one day. That means you either know or plan to be an entrepreneur, and that's exciting. An entrepreneur is a person who starts their own business, and that's a big deal. It takes a unique person to take on the risk of starting a business. No matter how much you've thought through it, you can never be sure that the risk will pay off and you'll be successful. For entrepreneurs, taking risk and growing a business go hand in hand. It's like a baseball player deciding whether to steal second or keep his foot on first. Should he risk getting thrown out or just play it safe? Sure, he may get thrown out, but he'll never steal a base if he doesn't go for it. In the business world, as well as in life in general, (laughs) the willingness to take on risk is one of the ways leaders are different than followers. Every person in this room took a risk. I took a risk when I went at my wife. That was a big risk. But all of us going to take risks. Don't don't be afraid to take risks because you may strike out five times, but all you need is one grand slam. So what does that have to do with you? Even if you never start your own business, you can learn to think and act like an entrepreneur. That's key. All of you all may not start a business, but you got to have a business like mindset because think about is is does is God did God create a company or a family business? Huh? Hey, that boy's smart. Both. But what's the ultimate? The family business. See, we're not employees of Heaven Inc. We're shareholders. We're we're kings, queens. The Bible says he's Lord of Lords and King of Kings. That doesn't mean that God is Lord over John Joe Biden. It doesn't mean that he's a king over the king of England. He's talking about us. He's the Lord of the Lords he's produced. The kings over the kings and queens he produced. So when you have that mentality, you'd be able to say, okay, I got to think like a business because my God thinks like a business or thinks in business terms. People with an entrepreneurial mindset are not only risk takers drawn to opportunity, but they've also learned from personal experience, the value of failure and the power of a personal brand. Let's talk about the value of failure. We all know that sinking feeling that hits when you've messed up. We've all been there. It might be a, fill, a failing grade on a test, or maybe you missed a winning shot, or you dropped the ball on one of your duties at work. No one enjoys that feeling of failure. You're going to feel feelings of failure, but failure is not factual. Because Christ won, I'm not a failure. Satan is the only failure. People who follow him in his satanic order, they're the ones that are failures. 
But those who embrace the win, for instance, who won the championship last year? Uh, Denver. I don't know if Denver did this. I think Golden State did this, but the practice players got a ring. Imagine you at a place where you like, man, I know Steph up there. I know Clay up there. I know all of them up there, but I get a ring too. So it doesn't matter what happens when you on God's side, you get a ring too. Words of wisdom. Often success happens not despite failure, but because of failure. That means this. People think that if I'm perfect, if I have it all, if I do it all right, I've succeeded. Most successes happen because of failure. Accepting failure and constructive feedback can be difficult if you think of failure only as a negative. But every failure is a chance to learn something. That's the value of failure. Yes, you read that right. The value of of failure. Failure is so valuable that I keep trying. The more I keep trying, the more I fail. And that failure has a hidden gem that says, yeah, that didn't work. Okay, good. Now go over here. That's why I don't, most people, they stop trying because of failure. No, keep trying because of failure. Because in every failure is a clue to success. Bottom line, don't think about failure as a negative. When it happens, own your part in it. Be practical. And then learn from it. Those are the two things that will help you move forward. When you fail, own it and learn from it. Because if you own a mistake, nobody can sell that mistake to you. What do I mean by that? So if you failed, no matter what somebody says about you, if you own it, you'd be like, yeah, I own it. They can't pick on you no more. <laughs> I remember when I first got the clue. All right, man. Yeah, yeah, I got an African big forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who going to keep calling me big head jokes? But the moment I get in my feelings. But when you say, yeah, 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 I missed that shot. Yeah, so. It neutralizes the opponent. So when you tell the devil who's the accuser of the brethren, yeah, I failed, but I have an advocate. When you have that mentality, the devil be like, dang, man, all right, man. All right, all right bro. All right, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right? It says own it and then learn from it. If you failed a test, make plenty of time to study for the next one or get a tutor. If you mess up at work, first apologize and then do what you can to fix it. Failure teaches personal responsibility, another soft skill, and helps you grow. So expect failure and learn from it as you pursue your dreams. Um, personal brand, it's a big one. Most people know what a brand is. You have a favorite shoe brand and a favorite brand of soft What's your favorite shoe brand? Nike. Nike. Jordan. Jordan brand. Why Jordan brand? Ain't no wrong with that good. What else? It says, what's your, what's your favorite brand of drink? What's your, I mean, every time you go to the store, you have to, you know, went on a long trip, two hours in, y'all going to the gas station. What's the first drink you getting? I forgot what it was called. It's like vinegar or something. What type of flavor? Red? Is it yellow? Is it orange? Yeah, get the tropical one? Tropical. Okay, for my athletes, what's the first Gatorade you getting? What color? You get the body armor? I get the, yeah, I'm old school, I get that, that lime Gatorade, you know what I'm saying? That, that's, my uncle, that's what my uncle gave me for the first time, you know what I'm saying? Get that lime Gatorade. But all of us got a brand that we gravitate to, right? 
Let's keep going. It says, uh, brands are everywhere, but do you know why branding is so important? A brand tells the story of a product through creative packaging and advertising so it can stand out from the competition. Now, what is Nike's brand story? Nike's brand story. You know, just give me what you assume it to be. And what are they known for? The swoosh. What I'm saying is this. Nike's known for the best athletes. Jordan, Tiger Woods. You see what I'm saying? The big names. So that separates them to a degree from Adidas. When you think of Adidas, all you think of is James Harden. You know what I'm saying? It used to be uh, Tracy McGrady. Uh, when you think of Under Armour, I think Under Armour is more of a grassroots. Like, it's like Nike gravitates to the, the Greek god like athletes, like the oh, the they will never be like but when you got little Steph, it makes Under Armour what relatable. <laughs> so now when you look at Nike, you're like, oh these shoes, LeBron's are heavy. Jordan's are tight, kind of light and tight. But but Steph represents that anyone six two can be great. So every brand has a brand story. Uh wait a minute a brand tells a story of a product through creative packaging. And advertise so it can stand out from the competition. A brand might focus on the quality or value of a product. That's why, uh, for me, I prefer Publix over Harris Teeter. I'd rather pay a little bit more and get a, hey, how you doing, and go to Harris Teeter, and nobody talks to me the whole time I'm in Harris Teeter. Like, I can walk through the whole Harris Teeter, and nobody will say hey to me. They'll just check me out, and I'm gone. I don't like Harris Teeter. Uh, now, if, I, if they got deals, I'll go in there and deal with them. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got the deals on the, on the laundry detergent. Y'all got the buy one, get one today. So I'm, I'm going to go in there and get the buy one, but I'm going to roll my eyes at you when I walk out. Why ain't talk to me? But Publix, when you're in the parking lot, kid, I saw, it was so funny, man. I was parking my car. The kids are happy. You know, when you get on top of the, you know, you, get, you stand on the uh, 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 cart and you slide down. I said, man, that kid happy at work. Hey, sir, how you doing? I said, man, I like it here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but we all gravitate to a brand because how a brand makes you feel. Um... A brand might focus on the quality or value of a product or a product's brand might make the customer feel a sense of joy, trust, youthfulness, or beauty when they use it. Now we're shifting into your personal brand. Your personal brand has the same purpose. It's a way of identifying your skills, experience, and strengths and communicating those to the world. You want to identify what makes you different from everyone else. Especially when you apply for a job, but bump the job part. What makes you different now? Every teacher here is different. Every student is different if they're willing and able and desire to be different. God didn't make copies. He made originals. God wants us to be our own individual original self. And your original self is a brand. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Me and Coach Mel, we're partners. Some kids go to Coach Mel, some kids go to me. I'm not going to be jealous of Coach Mel. Neither, neither, you know Coach Mel ain't jealous of me. So we both are going to be like, yeah, you great. Look, we're, 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 our self-esteem is not in how many people. It's like, see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is when you understand that, you be like, some people for Mr. Ezzy, some people for Coach Mel, some people for Mr. Pastor Chisholm, some people for, but that's the beautiful thing about a brand. You're not for everyone, but you're for a lot of ones, Right. Uh, you want to identify what makes you different from everyone else and your education, experience, talents, and personal attributes can help define your personal brand. 
For example, if you spend a semester of college studying abroad, learning a new culture language, or volunteer to help a community after a natural disaster, that sets you apart. Mention those unique experiences on your resume or in a job interview. What you learn and how you grew as a person through experience like that are important to an employer. Believe it or not, your personal brand can also be reflected in how you react and respond to failure. And that ties back to having the mindset of an entrepreneur. So how you respond to failure determines how you view yourself. If you bounce back, you a different breed. If you stay on your back, it shows that, you know, you're not that you don't you're not him. You're not her. But a person that's really him and her, they bounce back. Uh, because when you take risk, you're going to fail sometimes. Building your brand and we're done. You can begin building your brand now. Identify what you want others to think about you. That's a personal, uh, that's personal branding in a nutshell. So basically, companies and corporations, they tell you what they're about. You go to Chick-fil-A. What is Chick-fil-A's ultimate focus? Number one, huh? You, period. Chicken second. No, you, staff, then chicken. That's why they number one in business. How are you number one and you close on the number one producing day for restaurants? It's because you focus on priority. It's my pleasure to serve you. They got videos of people, you know, jokingly running to chase a person. Now, we forgot your straw. Like, like they care that much about you. And you always go to the one that cares more about you. Who's one person that cares the most about you? Who's that person? You could just throw someone out there. Who's one person in your life that you know cares about you? Your mother? Don't worry. All of us have a person to some degree. And if you do have that person, you always around them because they're about you. And if a business says, you know what? Money is the byproduct. But I know if I care about you, you will always come to me. And that's what your brand is like. You say, I got to build a brand and I got to determine how other people think. Like you can advertise what you want people to think. But when they really experience you, you ever uh, went to, a, you know, a restaurant, they advertise they got the best this in town. I'm very picky about that. We got the best wings. We'll see. When I pull up, we'll see if you got the best wings. Oh, you talking like you got the best wings? And if I taste your wings... And they don't make my eyes roll back and they don't make me lean back in my chair. They don't make me drop the wing and be like, you ain't the best wings. So if someone lies about being the best wings and you look on the thing and it's got one star reviews out of 5,000 people, they're not what's advertised. We talked about that many day, weeks ago. We talked about how uh, don't advertise what you don't have in stock. If you're advertising that you have the ability to be someone's man, to be someone's girl, but you're still a girl yourself and you're still a boy yourself. You don't have the capacity to give what's in stock. Like you got to have a lot of stuff stocked on your shelves when you're married. Relationships require you have a lot in stock. What's some stuff you got to have in stock on a relationship? Money. Trust, money, communication. communication, loyalty. What else you got to have on stock when you're shopping at, uh, when someone's shopping at Mickey, Mickey, uh, Mickey groceries? What, what, a girl going to be looking, do you have this in stock? When someone's shopping at, at Hannah Hannah Grocery. They're going to be like, do she have in stock? And some people, they'll look at how she stocked. They'll look at how you stocked on the outside. 
But when you look inside of a person's store, do they have what's in store? And so that's what you got to think about. When people come shop from you, do you have it in stock? If not, don't open up shop. It says, get input from friends and family too. What character traits do you see? Oh, I skip one. That's personal brand in a nutshell. Be authentic to who you are. Be authentic to you. Because I promise you, everything that heaven has for you is looking for you. Words of wisdom. Every time you work with or for customers, you build up or break down your brand. Because I promise you, man, people leave reviews. Oh, he ain't faithful. Oh, she ain't worth your time. <clears throat> And you want to have a brand that says, okay, he's about this. She's about that. Building a strong and positive personal brand now while you're in high school will impact your ability to land a job or start a business in the future. Really, employers often check the social media accounts of potential employees. Your social media profiles and posts should line up with the type of personal brand you want to build. So filter what you post. Your friends aren't the only ones looking. So imagine me. Advertising to you all that I'm a family man, and you, and you and you look at my comments up under one of my posts, and you see Susie, you see Carla, you see Jessica. People in the comments talking about we had a time last night. <laughs> Imagine that y'all be like, Mister Eddie, bro, you ain't who you say you are. So if you posting something online that you don't want people to see, you got to be something that you need to be always. You want to be consistent in how you present yourself. Your personal brand doesn't stop there. The way you present yourself physically should reflect your personal brand and the way you communicate along with how and when you show kindness and compassion. Also express your personal brand. Determine what you want to be known for and do those things. Determine what you want to be known for now and do those things. Uh, then your social media personal style and the things you say and do will work together to build a personal brand you can be proud of. I heard this gentleman say, same guy, Myron Golden, he was like, um, everything about what he does is on brand. What he was saying was, if I'm serving multimillionaires, will I be wearing jeans and a t-shirt to meetings? If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm reaching a certain group, a certain group looks at what you have on you. That's why, you gotta, that's why he says, my price is matching my brand. So if you want a premium audience, you have to have a premium, premium offer. Like if you want to reach a premium group, you have to have premium ingredients. If you, want to, if you want to say, hey, Josh says, hey, I want to reach a certain clientele of people, then he's going to organize his automobile company for that group. That's personal brand. You attract who you are. Are you attracting the right people or the wrong people? The right things or the wrong things? That's your personal brand. And you can't get mad when certain people don't want to shop from you. So that's it. Any thoughts, comments, questions? Have an entrepreneur's mindset. You may not start a business, but you can have a business mind and solve problems. And you'll be surprised. Even if you are desiring to be a number six, number seven, number eight in a company, number three in a company, you want to work for somebody, then you can't help but be promoted because you know how to solve problems. If you want to go out there and risk it and be your own boss and be a, like you got it, you got to create your own brand and you have to have a mentality that says, when I fail, I still sell. All right, we're done.